This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Welcome back to the Knowledge of Wharton podcast. I'm Rachel Kipp, Associate Editorial Director of the Knowledge of Wharton website. We're here today with Wharton Professor Santiago Galino. He's a professor of operations, information, and decisions, and he's here to talk to us about his research, which focuses on omni-channel retailing. Santiago, thanks for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. I feel like the term omni-channel has evolved a lot over the years. It seems like it used to mean just that I'm a brick-and-mortar store and I have a website. What would you say it means today? Yes, I, I, I agree with your point. I think that uh, over the last uh, few years, the term has evolved, mainly driven by the fact that the customers have evolved. So if you think of the customers today, don't see two independent companies, one running in a brick-and-mortar setting and the other one in an online setting. We, we see retail companies as one entity, and I think that that is what retailers should aspire to, to be one unique company facing the customer, either when the customer interact with the online part of the business or the brick and mortar part. Now, you have brick and mortar retailers who are trying to beef up and integrate their online operations. And at the same time, there's a lot of online first retailers that have been opening up brick and mortar stores in recent years. What are the sort of unique struggles that each one faces with that? Yes, I th- I think it's a, it's a very interesting phenomenon the the fact that uh, online first retailers are 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 now uh, starting to to develop a physical presence. When when I first start looking at the at, at the issue of omni-channel retail, uh, most of the focus was on the struggles and the things that traditional brick-and-mortar retailer were trying to do to integrate with the online world um, and with the assumption that eventually the brick-and-mortar stores were going to die or, or, or fade away. Uh, the truth is that now we see a lot of digital native brands, online retailers that are opening physical presence and the the, the, the struggles that these new companies have is be, uh, the companies that are opening the physical presence is that they haven't had the experience of doing that and running an operation in the real world is different than running an operation in the online world and so these uh, these are the struggles that they start to face but I think they are young companies and and, and with smart guys uh, running those so they, 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 they understand the challenges are trying to overcome that and for the traditional retailers I think that nowadays they have also realize that you cannot run your online component of the business as you used to run the brick and mortar part. And I think that this adjustment is happening both ways. Now, your research looks at how interactions with both online and offline channels impacts customer behavior. And you found that it does actually have some pretty big impacts. Could you describe those? Yes. Yeah. So we we, we start to look at what 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 is happening with these initiatives that retailers were were trying to implement to integrate the two channels? For example, we we have looked at what happened when a company start to uh, offer the buy online pickup in the store. That now is very prevalent, and a lot of retailers are doing that. And one of the things that we notice is that. Uh, of course, there are customers that actually use the buy online pickup in the store as, a, as an option, but the fact that the retailer disclosed the inventory information and where 
the customer can get the the products in the, in in the, in in the brick and mortar stores is driving customers to the stores before closing the transaction online so uh they are using the information component of, of the online business to then drive to the store and pick the item without necessarily closing the transaction online so in the opposite direction now we see that many original online retailers start to open showrooms where basically you can go visit, touch the product, but when you want to close the transaction, you need to do it online. So basically the customer is going to the store to experience the the product, experience the interaction with the retailer, but the actual transaction will still be done online. So given these changes in how customers are interacting with brands, what are the lessons here for the companies? I think uh, a lesson that is key for the companies is the idea that you cannot evaluate actions that you make in one channel only in that channel. So going back to my example of the buy online pickup in the store, if you are the manager of the online part of the business and you start offering the buy online pickup in the store, you will completely miss the fact that now there are customers going to directly find the product in the store. And so this is telling you that when you make an action in an omni-channel context, it needs to be evaluated in an omni-channel fashion. And so this means that you need to think of the impact that this particular action can have on your operation, meaning online plus brick and mortar, and not just the channel or, or, or the part of the business where you took the action. So to use the example of buy online, pick up in store, if you've got that person now coming to your store, it creates an opportunity for you. Yes, absolutely. And and actually in our research, we do find that like when someone goes to buy, to, to pick up something in the store, they end up buying more stuff that they, they, they were not uh, originally planning. They don't go to the store simply to pick up the item, but they buy additional things. And again, this, this speaks to the fact that they need to, to consider the implications of the action more broadly and not only in the, in the channel that they're uh, thinking about. The, the second issue I think is, is important to consider when retailers are uh, planning and, and, and deciding what to do next is to be aware that today customers are omnichannel. So this idea that you can understand your own company and your business as two separate uh, sections, the online and the brick and mortar, uh, is not longer uh, sustainable because customers, we don't uh, think of the retailer that way. I If I buy something from a retailer online, arrives home and I don't like it, I can perfectly drive to the store and try to return it. And if the retailer is not offering this option, it will be awkward to me because I actually bought it from you. So you are one company and so if the answer is oh you bought this online we don't accept the returns well that is signaling to the to the to the customer that you haven't understood yet that we are in an omni-channel context now 2017 was really defined in a lot of ways by 
retail closures. And there have been a lot more of them in 2018. But also recently, we've seen some retailers posting some pretty strong earnings news. Do you feel like that's driven by just a reflection of consumer spending, increased consumer confidence? Or is there also a pattern here that some of the retailers who may be doing it right are getting rewarded for that? Yes, I, I, I think I think that the the last the, the last thing you mentioned is, is 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 what I think is going on. I think that there are retailers that unfortunately were not able for different reasons to to adjust, to adapt, and now they they are closing, while others uh, had the the ability to transform themselves to put emphasis where customers uh, are seeing value, and that is making them strive. I think Best Buy is, is, is an example of a, of a retailer that a priori everybody thought they were gonna be going to some uh, rough patches. And, and, and in fact, they, I think they, they've been working hard and they understood the value of their physical presence and trying to leverage that when, uh, when they put their offerings on the online uh, world. So I think that companies have uh, have reacted differently. Unfortunately, some of them fail, but I think there are many retailers that have been able to adapt, transform, and are going to be healthy in the long run. Now, a lot of the news about Omnichannel or the what you would read focuses on brick-and-mortar retailers trying to move into the digital world and sometimes not doing a great job. But do you see in the trend of online-only retailers trying to move into the physical world, do you see warning signs there for those online retailers or online-first retailers? Yes, I, I think so. I think that many of these uh, online-first uh, retailers are jumping into the physical world with the assumption that uh, they can learn as they go and that experience from uh retailers that have been running their business for many years is not so relevant. And in my experience, they very quickly find that there are some, what I will call like retail fundamentals that are still there. So you still need to learn how to manage your inventory, your assortment, your staff, how to train them, how to have the right people in the right place. And all those things are not trivial. So you can design and think of an offering now in the physical world that is attractive, is, is more engaging, has a high touch with the customer, and that's all good, but you need to have the fundamentals right. And I think that that's what the online first retailers are learning when they're trying to, uh, to grow in the physical world. The advantage is that most of them are doing this gradually, so they are opening five, then 10, then 15 stores, so they are learning as they go. The, the, the challenge for the traditional retailers is that they have already uh, out there more than 300, 500, thousands of stores, and they need to adjust all that at once. So I think that there is a little bit of advantage in the flexibility on, on, on the online first and more of an opportunity of learn as you go. Now, what are some future lines for your research? I... Yeah, I think that the, the the focus of my research going forward is still going to be very much around the omnichannel uh, experience. I don't think that we uh, we are there yet. I think that we are going to see a lot of changes uh, going forward, and I am eager to be uh, following those changes and trying to do research about that. 
So I my sense is that the retail industry is not stable at, uh, at this point. And so the transformation is still going on. And to me, that is exciting because if, if, if there are changes and transformations and challenges, those are great conditions for good research. Santiago, thanks so much for being with us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. You can find all of Knowledge at Wharton's podcast, research, and more on our website, which is knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. You can also find all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or your other favorite podcasting app. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. It really does help like-minded folks to find the podcast. Thanks for listening. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.